Former Brazilian soccer legend Ronaldinho Gaucho and Brazilian tech bowler Natalia Gietler are planning to visit Taiwan from December 9th through December 11th. During their stay, they will play an exhibition game and raise funds for a Taiwanese charity. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Over the course of Ronaldinho's career, he has won two FIFA World Player of the Year awards and a Ballon d'Or. The soccer star is planning to visit Taiwan in December for the first time. He is scheduled to participate in an exhibition football game with Brazilian tech baller Natalia Gietler at the Tianmu Baseball Stadium in Taipei on December 10th. Hello, Taiwan. I will be with you for a sports event on December 9th, 10th and 11th. I'll see you soon. I'm counting on you. Hello, Taiwan. I am very excited to come to Taiwan on December 9th, 10th and 11th for a sports event and charity event with Ronaldinho to introduce you to Footvolley. We come to support the missions of the Garden of Hope Foundation. We are counting on you to join us. We have the pleasure to invite Ronaldinho and Natalia, two big stars in the football field and uh, football field, uh, both world champions. They're coming to Taiwan in December this year, the 9th, 10th and 11th. And we have a, a big event at Tianmu Baseball Stadium this year. Uh, and uh, we're very happy to um, make the promotions of sport in Taiwan and uh, have the opportunity to introduce uh, a new different sport that Taiwanese have never seen before. It's called foot volley. It's a mix between football and volleyball. So it's a very impressive sport, very technical. Uh, it's a lot of show. It's very entertaining. While in Taiwan, Ronaldinho and Gittler will also participate in a raffle held by the Garden of Hope Foundation, a women's and children's rights advocacy group. Part of the proceeds will be going to underprivileged groups. We have a second event. It's a side event. It's the charity event. We are fundraising by organizing a lottery where people, by buying the tickets, going to have chance to uh, have gift to maybe for the luckiest uh, have a signed autograph from Ronaldinho, have the possibility to get free entrance tickets for the events. And for the luckiest luckiest, we gonna give for 10 people the opportunity to meet Ronaldinho. Through the event, organizers hope to raise funds for underprivileged households as well as to introduce foot volley to more people in Taiwan. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Sen Shen in Taipei. Asia's largest esports event, Wearforce, made a big return on Thursday after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. With four days of non-stop events, organizers hope to attract over 200,000 visitors to the festival, which will feature bring-your-own-computer esports competitions and special offers on electronics. Let's take a look at the scene. With their eyes glued to the screen, gamers step on the gas and have a blast racing. Here, another racing game simulates driving a real car. Asia's largest esports extravaganza, Wearforce, is making a grand return after a two-year hiatus. 
Gamers flocked to wait in line three or four hours early with their bags, lugging their own monitors, consoles, and even uninterruptible power sources to the Bring Your Own Computer esports competitions. We all brought the basic equipment from home. Players from northern and southern Taiwan can't usually meet in person. At the BYOC event, we can finally get together. I arrived here at 3.20 a.m. Right now, high-performance graphics cards, motherboards and such are very expensive. So to be able to buy them cheaper here is fantastic. Besides participating in various esports competitions, there are also those who attend for discounts on merchandise, as a graphics card can cost up to tens of thousands of new Taiwan dollars. This year, workforce has come back with a bang, and participating industries have also changed to fit consumer habits. In the past, we may have been very much in hardware, but this year we have increased the number of games, consumer goods and even brands. We estimate that we will exceed our past record of 200,000 visitors and may reach 230,000 to 250,000. The organizers estimate that with an annual growth of 5%, the esports industry will be worth 16 billion NT in 2026 and will continue to gradually expand. A local meat bun shop in Miaoli has been serving up delicious fare for customers for almost 30 years. Already passed down to its second generation, the shop offers limited quantities of handmade buns daily. The ingredients are bought and cooked the same day, and everything from the cooking oil to the bun's signature purple markings are made by hand with natural ingredients. Selling out in just five hours, this shop proves that good flavors come from sticking to your philosophy. The aroma of the juicy buns frying on the hot plate is like a wake-up call to the senses. The shop is just open for the day, but the queue is already full of hungry customers. In the kitchen, some are rolling out the dough, some are shaping the buns, and others are frying them up. Although it's a tiny shop, it's bustling every day from the time it opens at 2 p.m. <laughs> the secret to the bun's delicious flavor lies in the filling, which is chock full of green onions and pork. The filling is wrapped in a thin, delightfully chewy dough. Even if you scold yourself on the first bite, you won't be able to resist taking a second. The shop, located in front of Miaoli Railway Station, has been in business for 27 years, and its philosophy is written right on the wall. Cheap and delicious, no matter what. We buy the ingredients in the morning and cook them up in the afternoon. My mother taught us that freshly cooked ingredients are the most delicious. The shop offers six flavors of buns, five savory and one sweet. All are wrapped and cooked by hand. The purple markings on the outside of the buns are made from fresh dragon fruit juice, and the buns are fried with oil extracted by the chefs themselves. Our profits are small, but our turnover is fast. We want our delicious meat buns to be affordable for everyone. Over almost 30 years of business, the shop has survived several waves of inflation, but still insists on offering a friendly price. With such delicious offerings cooked with care, it's no wonder they sell out in less than five hours every day. The CECC on Thursday answered questions about plans to reduce isolation for COVID patients to five days starting November 14th. 
The CECC says that although about half of COVID patients still test positive on rapid tests after five days of isolation, they are generally less infections less than right after contracting the disease. Patients who complete the five days of isolation can go out and lead a normal life and vote in a local elections on November 26. The CECC adds that there are no plans to further relax isolation rules for the time being. Starting November 14th, COVID patients who've completed five days of isolation will be able to go out and vote in the local elections. The CECC says there is no need for special arrangements at polling stations. Most polling stations are outside or in well-ventilated places. You can just vote in an orderly manner. If you know you are still positive, try not to get too close to people aged 65 and up or young children. The CECC estimates that after five days of isolation, 40 to 50 percent of patients will still be positive on rapid tests, but won't be too infectious. In comparison with the previous five days, their viral loads will be lower, so they should be less infectious. It adds a little risk, but this way you can release many workers. In terms of pros and cons, it seems that there's more good than bad. Experts say there are no plans to further reduce isolation to three days. Flu season is coming up. Will the isolation period be further reduced? I think we have to look at any developments in the pandemic. Over the short term, I don't think it is likely that isolation periods will be further reduced to three days. After three days, the vast majority of patients are still positive and they are in a state in which they are still quite infectious. So for now, we are not considering anything like that. Taiwan reported 29,922 local COVID cases on Thursday, down 16 percent from last week. The Ministry of Economic Affairs has budgeted 2 billion NT to participate in the 2025 Expo to be held in Osaka, Japan. However, legislators learned on Tuesday that the name Taiwan will not appear anywhere in the Expo, and Taiwan must instead participate under the name of the Taitra-funded startup Tamayama Digital Tech Company. The Premier says the naming decision reflects the difficult situation Taiwan is in on the international stage. Let's hear from him. We have made major contributions to the world, but because of China's suppression, many opportunities to participate under the name of our country have been severely limited. There are many things that cannot be reached with one step, but as long as we are there, as long as we are seen, just like in recent years, countries around the world have been sticking up for Taiwan, affirming Taiwan, and supporting Taiwan. We have to work together. We will use technology to show all that Taiwan has to offer, and we will do this to the best of our ability so that people abroad and people who visit will know that this is Taiwan, this represents Taiwan. A lawmaker from the opposition KMT had previously said that if Taiwan wasn't participating to represent itself, there was no point in going. That was taken by DPP lawmaker Luo Zhizhen as a sign that the KMT is warming up to accept mainstream opinion. On Tuesday, the Legislative Yuan's Economics Committee also passed a resolution during discussions of the Expo's budget. In it, it requests the relevant officials to try to convince organizers to let Taiwan participate under its own name. Internet is wondering if Spider-Man might have moved to Tainan. 
A video posted online showed people moving along power cables above a highway. Many people were mystified by the unusual sight. But the truth is simple: it's Thai power engineers at work. As the engineers explain, getting up on the cables is just another part of keeping the power grid in order. This video was posted online. A driver is cruising the highway when suddenly they spot a number of dots on the electricity cables overhead. From far off, they look like birds, but closer up, you can see there are people. In awe, the driver wonders if Spider-Man is at work. These are cars that can move along electric cables. They have to be operated by human power. The engineers pull themselves along as they work, like cyclists in the air. You need specialist skills to get up there. It must really be hard work. Separators between the electric cables prevent them from swinging in the wind and touching other cables. That ensures the safety of a power supply. As this engineer explains, the wind can swing electric cables too close together. That creates a risk of short circuits. So separators must be fitted between the cables. The cars comprise a box that seats an engineer and wheels that fit onto the cables. The engineer pulls on the cables to move themselves along. All the while installing, repairing, or even dismantling the separators between the cables. It's vital work to maintain the power grid. When engineers go up, we have a break here. It breaks automatically at a certain distance. They stop there and install a separator between the cables. The video posted online shows separators being dismantled and replaced on a bifurcating cable. These aerial maintenance tasks may be routine, but they don't take place every day. No wonder it made viewers think of superheroes. The governor of Taiwan's central bank, Yang Jinglong, on Thursday took questions from lawmakers regarding the rapid rise of interest rates in the U.S. Yang stressed that the strengthening of the U.S. dollar and depreciation of the new Taiwan dollar were short-term trends. As such, he said investors should not rush to exchange U.S. dollars as they might end up losing. Asked about whether the world could see another major financial crisis, Yang said it was unlikely as financial systems worldwide are more stable now than in previous decades. The U.S. Federal Reserve on Wednesday approved a 0.75-point hike to interest rates, and ripples of the decision have hit markets worldwide. A lawmaker on Thursday asked the Taiwan Central Bank governor how the government would respond. The U.S. interest rates are so high. If you don't raise them here, people will just buy U.S. dollars. Even if investors make an earning from the gap in interest rates, in the end, they could end up losing due to the exchange rate. The governor said he was confident in the development of the new Taiwan dollar. He also added that four measures would be taken to stabilize the foreign exchange market. They are establishing on-site and off-site supervisory mechanisms, offering financial market liquidity, preparing foreign currency liquidity, and closely monitoring supply and demand in the foreign exchange market to launch adjustments in a timely manner. The U.S. has been raising interest rates very fast, so they will eventually lower the rates drastically too. With the U.S. dollar picking up strength, several countries are seeing currencies depreciate, and some could even face a debt crisis. A lawmaker asked the central bank governor whether another major financial crisis could be brewing. The likelihood of something like that happening is not high. 
We all learned our lesson from 1997 and from 2008, so financial systems around the world are more sturdy and healthy now. The rapid rise in U.S. interest rates is testing the abilities of Taiwan's central bank to stabilize exchange rates and launch effective policies. The U.S. Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised key interest rates by 0.75 percentage points for a combined hike of 3.75 points over the course of the year. The Dow on Wednesday shed 500 points, leading the Taiex to also close down on Thursday. Taiwan shares lost 113 points, once again falling below the 13,000-point line. Analysts say the Fed will likely continue raising rates with a 0.5-point hike expected in December. Let's hear from an analyst. The market generally expected that after the Fed raised interest rates by 0.75 percentage points, its attitude would turn dovish, but it's staying hawkish. If the market maintains high interest rates, that could hurt the economy. Now people are more worried about the expanding gap in interest rates between Taiwan and the U.S. and whether capital outflows will continue. I think there isn't a high chance that the Fed will raise interest rates by 0.75 points in December. I think it's more likely to raise by 0.5 points. As long as the Fed maintains a high interest rate policy and does not adjust interest rates downward, this negative impact on the stock market will persist. The Fed's hawkishness reinvigorated the U.S. dollar's upward momentum. The new Taiwan dollar on Thursday shed 0.075 against the greenback, closing at 32.245 NT against the U.S. unit. With markets around the world still reacting to the Fed's policies and further rate hikes on the horizon, experts say Taiwan's markets may continue performing weakly for at least a while. Thursday was the last day of Vice President Lai Qingde's state visit to Palau. In a meeting before his return to Taiwan, Lai was asked whether his visit to Palau was a sign that he had presidential ambitions in 2024. Lai said it was nothing of the sort, adding that he was simply traveling under orders of the president. Several U.S. A-10 Thunderbolts zoomed by one after the other. This place is the hotel at which Vice President Lai Qingde stayed at during his state visit to Palau. Several hours before Lai touched down, a number of U.S. military jets rushed from Guam to the island nation. Lai arrives at the banquet, turned around, and a group of people that look like U.S. military troops are conversing to the side. The suspected presence of U.S. troops has given rise to much speculation. I didn't interact directly with any U.S. troops. When I was in private with President Sarangle Whips, he did mention collaboration with the U.S. military. Taiwan is on the first island chain, and Palau is on the second island chain. It's a very strong relationship involving a huge amount of cooperation. I hope we can continue working together to safeguard peaceful and stable development in the Indo-Pacific. Day three of Lai's visit to Palau. He attended an event to donate telemedicine equipment to Palau and stood with local baseball stars at a baseball equipment donation ceremony. The Palau visit is the third time that Lai leads a state delegation outside Taiwan this year. It has been seen by some as a sign that he could be planning to run in the 2024 presidential election. Taiwan is facing many challenges domestically and internationally. 
The president herself is extremely busy. She's been unable to travel, so I travel in her place. It's the natural course of action. So my three foreign visits this year were not done with the intentions of running in 2024. It is just my duty as vice president to follow the orders of the president. At every formal diplomatic event Lai attended in Palau, he referred to Taiwan as ROC Taiwan. That has been interpreted by some as a sign that perhaps Lai's political stance has become more moderate. Taiwan is not part of China. This is the consensus of Taiwanese society. China's understanding of the Taiwan independence is that if you are not in favor of uniting with China, you are in favor of independence. Meanwhile, the U.S.'s understanding of Taiwan independence is to carry out legal changes. So the U.S. and China differ on how they see the matter of Taiwan independence. That's where this issue becomes complicated. Tsai Ing-wen once coined four commitments, which are basically agreed upon by all Taiwanese society. These have naturally become a very important path for Taiwan to take as we move forward. In her National Day speech in 2021, President Tsai had listed out Taiwan's four commitments. They are the commitment to a free and democratic constitutional system, the commitment that the ROC and the PRC should not be subordinate to each other, the commitment to resist annexation or encroachment upon Taiwan's sovereignty, and the commitment that the future of the ROC Taiwan will be decided in accordance with the will of the Taiwanese people. The Central Election Commission has set a new date for the Jai mayoral election, December 18th. The change comes after the death of independent candidate Huang Shaotong on Wednesday. According to the relevant laws, a candidate's death means the race has to be suspended and rescheduled. The CEC says registration for the postponed mayoral race will start on November 8th and candidacies will be inspected before November 25th. Candidates will pick their ballot numbers on November 29th. The election winner will be announced on December 23rd with the mayor's inauguration ceremony to go ahead as previously scheduled on December 25th.